The America's National Parks Podcast is sponsored by L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean is a proud partner of the National Park Foundation, and you can help them support the parks by shopping their limited edition National Park Collection. Every time you purchase products from the National Park Collection, which includes totes, shirts, hats, patches, and more, you're helping to protect, restore, and improve parks throughout the U.S. Search National Park Collection at LLBean.com and be an outsider with L.L. Bean. As far as atrocities against Native Americans by Westerners go, it's hard to pick the worst. But there's one that certainly ranks up there. Surely the horrific pre-dawn mass murder of at least 150 unarmed people, mostly women and children, who are flying the American flag. It's the bill. I'm Jason Epperson, and today on America's National Parks, we revisit the dedication of Colorado's Sand Creek Massacre National Historic Site. One of the central conflicts of the Civil War was new states in the American West, particularly whether those states would be slave states or not. But slavery wasn't the only obstacle to Western settlement. Native Americans had lived in these territories for centuries, and others had been forced to leave their eastern domains by early America for the West. The Sand Creek Massacre, both perpetrated by and denounced by the U.S. government, would fuel conflict between the United States and Native Americans for generations to come. On today's episode, we'll hear the events of November 8, 1864, about how they were forgotten by white America, how the location was lost and found again after years of forensic investigation. Then we'll revisit the dedication ceremony of 2007. As the Colorado Territory grew in the mid-1800s, an increasingly scarce supply of food and fuel, along with disputes over land, escalated tensions between the settlers and Native American tribes. In autumn of 1864, Cheyenne and Arapaho chiefs met with Territorial Governor John Evans and military officers at the Camp Weld Council in Denver in an effort to make peace. Weeks later, Cheyenne Chiefs Black Kettle and White Antelope were told their people could camp with the Arapaho near Fort Lyon and would be considered friendly. By November, though, conditions precluded the tribes from camping near the fort. Nearly all Cheyenne, as well as a small camp of Arapaho, moved to nearby Sand Creek. In the quiet before dawn on November 29, 1864, Colorado volunteer soldiers attacked the Sand Creek encampment of more than 600 people. Chief Black Kettle raised an American flag. He had been assured this action would protect his people from attack by U.S. soldiers. Chief White Antelope sang his journey song. White Antelope and nearly 200 other Indians, mostly women and children, were killed in the attack, which would become known as the Sand Creek Massacre. The event profoundly affected U.S. Indian relations and the structure of the Cheyenne and Arapaho tribes for generations to come. Sand Creek, 
the scene of unimaginable suffering and sacrifice became sacred ground. November 29, 1864, would never be forgotten. My grandmother was here. She was five years old when she, she was here. I am a descendant of white antelope. I'm a descendant of Chief Left Hand, who was um, here at the camp and later died of his wounds. On my mother's side of the family were survivors of the same creek. The exact site of the Sand Creek Massacre was obscured through time, even to the descendants of the survivors. But the need for recognition and commemoration of the site was evident and had already been too long in coming. Prior to the involvement of the National Park Service, Southern Cheyenne Chief Laird Komatsiva and his wife Colleen carried out research with Sand Creek Massacre descendants. In the mid-1990s, the Colorado Historical Society, Fort Lewis College, and the Cheyenne and Arapaho tribes conducted archaeological site investigations, although the results were inconclusive. Eventually, Congress authorized the NPS to participate in the process. Former Park Superintendent Alexa Roberts. The effort started in 1998 with a congressional directive for the Park Service to work together with the Cheyenne and Arapaho tribes and the state of Colorado to conclusively locate the site of the Sand Creek Massacre and then to recommend its suitability for inclusion in the national park system. The bill, sponsored by Colorado Senator Ben Nighthorse Campbell, is known as the Sand Creek Massacre National Historic Site Study Act. In 1999, a Sand Creek Massacre project team and other researchers set off to piece together answers. Team members recorded oral histories of the Cheyenne and Arapaho to help identify the location of the massacre site. Historians also searched archives for the story of Sand Creek in maps, testimonies from soldiers and Indians, newspaper articles, and historic photos. The land itself provided many answers. The team was successful in identifying a boundary roughly five miles in length and two miles wide where the massacre likely took place. The Sand Creek Massacre National Historic Site was officially authorized on November 7, 2000. In the summer of 2005, Public Law 109-45 authorized the Secretary of Interior to accept trust responsibility for 1,465 acres within the site, currently owned by the Cheyenne and Arapaho tribes of Oklahoma. This area, the former Dawson Ranch, was acquired by the tribes in 2003. On April 28, 2007, the National Park Service and many partners held a ceremony officially dedicating the Sand Creek Massacre National Historic Site in Kiowa County, Colorado. Tribal, federal, state, and local dignitaries reflected on the significance of the day and the site. Many descendants of the survivors came to honor their ancestors. Eugene Little Coyote. I ask you to close your eyes for a moment and think of a place where people gather. A place that's peaceful. A place where people sleep, people eat, get along with one another. Where there's laughter. A place where people gather to talk, to tell stories, and to learn. A place, a community, where everyone feels safe. 
a place where flags fly to let everybody know that this is such a place. Now imagine gunshots. Imagine panic. A once peaceful place in an instant turned into chaos. Imagine the cries and pleas for mercy. Imagine the attempts of escape only to be met with more gunshots. What I'm describing here are the events that happened over 140 years ago here at this place, at this site, on this land. Richard Little Bear. I am a descendant of white antelope. A lot of us are somehow related to a lot of the people who died there. I hope that it becomes uh, a place of reverence, a place of renewal. Former Colorado Governor Bill Ritter. I speak on behalf of the people for the state of Colorado who think that it is, number one, fitting that we have a memorial here. Uh, some would say it's been too long. It should have happened sooner. I would add my voice to that. On behalf of the people of the state, we remember today the massacre, the tragedies, and really the indignities. Former U.S. Senator and now U.S. Ambassador Sam Brownback. You can sense the wounds that still ache in connection with Sand Creek. It's an all too vivid reminder of what happens in America when we don't treat people like people. Spilling of innocent blood here is a gross sin that pollutes the land. And we must acknowledge it and repent of it. Former U.S. Senator Ben Nighthorse Campbell. Last night, I stayed in camp, the actual location of where most of the terrible, tragic killings took place. And if you remember last night, it was clear, it was beautiful, there was about a three-quarter moon. I wanted to kind of get a picture of how people must have felt when they were there on November the 28th of 1864. And that night before, the tragedy must have been so placid that I think that they were totally disarmed, emotionally disarmed. Gordon Yellowman Sr. My grandmother was here. She was five years old when she, she was here. Her name was Lawnface. And she survived. And then four years later, she was at Washita. She would have been eight years old. And without her um, will to live, will to survive, I wouldn't be here today. Joyce Martinez. There's a lot of family here that was here. And when the, when the flag came marching in, the grand entry, I felt really emotional because they were singing our flag songs, the Cheyenne and the Arapaho, because that day the flag also was flying at Sand Creek. You see, when chiefs are seated, they're given all the people as their own children. And so like a loving father, Black Kettle wanted his children, his people, safe from harm. He placed his trust in the U.S. military and the U.S. flag, and it looked a lot like that. He trusted that his Cheyenne were under their protection, and that trust was betrayed. Betrayed. Carol Red Cherries. I am married to uh, Rock Red Cherries, who had a great-grandmother that was involved in this at that time. Uh, She was just a little girl, and um, she was laying in a teepee sleep, and they 
they all got up early in the morning and they were all running out of their teepees and they left her. She was laying asleep and she woke up and heard all this noise and she jumped up and she went out of the uh, went out of the teepee and was standing out there crying because everybody was gone and they were going. She could see them running in a, uh, the other direction and and she was standing there crying and one of the other ladies seen her, ran back, grabbed her, and pulled her along with the crowd. And that's how she survived. She was about two years old. William walks along. The survivors witness unimaginable acts of savagery that still brings tears to our eyes, even at this moment. I was unsure how to approach this event. And then at a moment of clarity, I remembered the voices of my tribal elders who continue to emphasize the importance of grounding ourselves in our own teachings, in our own perspectives, in order to make sense of a world that has seemingly gone off course. We must remember who we are, where we come from, and rely heavenly on the spiritual guidance shared with us throughout our lives by our spiritual leaders. Sergio Maldonado, Sr. Today's intent was humble. Today's intent was spiritual. Today's intent was about the people. So I wouldn't want that to be left behind. When I was on my way here today, Reginald Kills Knight. I was sitting with my granddaughter. And I sat and explained to her why we were here today as a national historical site. In my heart, I was kind of feeling sad to tell her what had happened here. But at the same time, she needs to know where she come from, where her ancestors had died for us to be here. Gail Ridgely. Native people remember and memorialize the struggles of their ancestors at Sand Creek, Washita, and Wounded Knee places now sanctified because of those sacrifices. Every society needs these kinds of sacred places because they help instill a sense of social cohesion in a people and remind them of the passions of generations that have brought them to the present. A society that cannot remember and honor its past is in peril of losing its soul. That was said by the late Vine Deloria. Today has been a sad occasion, but it's also been a respectful and honorable occasion to honor and memorialize and remember the ancestors that not only lost their lives here, tragically, but also to honor their spirit that is still here with us today. Nelson Clark. Everybody here today is here for a purpose and by design. They're fulfilling something that may have happened in their parents, grandparents, past, or maybe for their children that are yet to come. Gilbert White Dirt. Hell, I 
After speeches by dignitaries and a closing prayer, this day of reflection and commemoration continued with a spiritual healing run. I hope that this will be a place that um, people from throughout the world will come to visit and learn about respect and a place that the Cheyenne and Arapaho people can feel that they can come and always feel at home here, a place where they can reconnect with their ancestors and put some of the, the pain of the last 143 years to rest. We struggled to live, you know, and we're still here because we struggled and our spirits were strong. That's why we're still here. And I believe that when God puts something down, he does it, it stays. He put us here and we're still here. Later in the day, the Cheyenne and Arapaho tribes held a traditional gathering with honor songs and dances at the Kiowa County Fairgrounds. Chief Robert Tabor. Now we can heal the wound that is here. This is what I would consider part of the medicine that is needed to heal that deep wound. very tragic history here, but um, today's activities tells me and many others that, that there are efforts being made to address this. There is this collective um, historical sense of denial on America's part, and you know, this happened simply because racism was alive and well in this part of the country. I like to think it's getting better. Each year to commemorate the anniversary of the massacre, Cheyenne and Arapaho runners participate in the 173 mile Sand Creek Spiritual Healing Run, which represents the route used by the soldiers who returned to Denver after the slaughter. Beginning at Sand Creek Massacre National Historic Site, participants run to the intersection of 15th and Arapaho Streets in downtown Denver, where they pause to honor the memory of Captain Silas S. Soule, who disobeyed orders, refused to participate in the massacre, and testified against his commanding officer. He was murdered the following year. From there, participants and spectators alike walked to the west steps of the Colorado State Capitol, where tributes and commemoration ceremonies by state dignitaries, tribal leaders, and elders take place. The annual Sand Creek Spiritual Healing Run is open to everyone. This episode of America's National Parks was hosted by me, Jason Epperson. The audio comes from the park's short film on the site dedication ceremony, directed and produced by Paul Feldman and narrated by Phoebe Zimmerman. You can catch the full video at nationalparkpodcast.com or on the National Historic Sites website. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search National Park Podcast. You can also join our America's National Parks Facebook group, now over 65,000 members strong. For more great American destinations, give us a listen at the See America podcast. Season four is now available wherever you listen to this one. And if you're interested in RV travel, find us at the RV Miles podcast. 
You can also follow Abigail and me as we travel the country with our three boys all over social media as our wandering family. This land is your land. This land is my land. From California to the New York Island. From the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters. This land was made for you and me. Today's show was sponsored by L.L. Bean. Follow the hashtag Be An Outsider and visit LLBean.com to find great gear for exploring the national parks.